Welcome back to Talks on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'm your instructor, David O. Gray, Master of Arts in Theology, and we begin in on Apaches et Filio Spiritu Sancti. In this talk, I will highlight Part 2, Section 2, The Seven Sacraments of the Church, Chapter 4, Other Liturgical Celebrations, starting in paragraph 1667 and going all the way to paragraph 1679. If you have been following along, the Catechism of Catholic Church has taken us on a journey, a journey of revelation, by teaching us who created us and why he created us. The most notable teaching in this section was that we have been given capacity for God. And because we have capacity for God, and therefore follows that there must be a place other than this that is our true home, a place where the one who created us is leading us to. Through the Nicaea Constantinople Creed, the Catechism of the Catholic Church explains that our true home is with God, that where we were created for is heaven. And through the church and her seven sacraments, God is calling and guiding and assisting us home. Now, beginning in this chapter and for the remainder of the catechism, the church will bless us with instructions on the other help God has given us to find our way home. Imagine you've been dropped in the middle of a dense and dangerous forest, and you have a limited amount of time to navigate your way back home. Think of the sacraments and other liturgical celebrations as your essential items you need to survive in your backpack. At the same time, the remainder of the catechism is your toolkit and resource manual on what habits you need to develop and what dangers you need to avoid. In other words, whereas the purpose of the sacraments is to orient us to heaven, the intention of the liturgical celebrations such as sacramentals, blessings, consecration, exorcisms, is to guide and recalibrate our mind, body, and soul to heaven so that we do not get lost or remain lost in the wilderness. Accordingly, we believe that sacramentals are sacred signs that resemble the sacraments and signify effects especially of spiritual nature, attained to through the intercession of the church. They prepare men to receive the chief effect of the sacrament and render various occasions of our life holy. In paragraph 1668 to 1670, the Catechism of the Catholic Church has these three points to offer about the nature and benefit of sacramentals first. They are instituted for the sanctification of specific ministries of the church, certain states of life, a great variety of circumstances in a Christian life, 
in the use of many things helpful to man. Second, they derive from the baptismal priesthood. Every person baptized is called to be a blessing and to bless. And third, the sacramentals do not confer the grace of the Holy Spirit in the way that sacraments do, but by the church's prayer, they prepare us to receive grace and dispose us to cooperate with it. There are three classes of sacramentals. First, blessing. Second, consecration, dedication. And third, exorcism. Sacramental blessings include blessings of persons, meals, objects, and places. Then, some blessings have a lasting importance because they consecrate persons to God or reserve objects and places for liturgical use. According to paragraph 1672, these blessings include the blessings of the abbot or abbeus of a monastery, the consecration of virgins and widows, the rites of religious profession, and the blessing of certain ministries of the church, such as readers, acolytes, catechists, and etc. The dedication or blessing of a church or an altar, holy oils, vessels, vestments, bells, etc. can be mentioned as blessings concerning objects. The exorcism sacramental occurs whenever the church publicly and authoritatively in the name of Jesus Christ acts that a person or object be protected against the power of the evil one and withdrawn from his dominion. There are two types of exorcisms, one simple and one solemn. An example of a simple exorcism would be the conferral of the sacrament of baptism. An example of a solemn or major exorcism is, is exorcising a demon from a person or objects or liberating a person or object from demonic possession through the spiritual authority that Jesus entrusted to his church. Solemn exorcism can only be conducted by a bishop or by a priest with the permission of a bishop. Next to the sacramentals are what the church calls popular piety. In paragraph 1664 to 1676, the Catholic Church recognizes the importance of popular piety and devotion among the faithful, which has always been a way for Catholics to express their faith and love of Christ. These forms of piety include the veneration of relics, visits to sanctuaries, pilgrimages, processions, the stations of the cross, religious dances, the rosary, medals, devotion to the holy name of Jesus, devotion to the holy face of Jesus, and more. However, the church teaches that it is essential to note that these expressions of popular piety should not replace the church's liturgical life, but rather extend it. 
they should be drawn up in a way that harmonizes with liturgical seasons it is derived from and leads people to um, a greater sense of the superiority and essentiality of the liturgy given to them. This is an important teaching because it guards against private devotions becoming detached from the liturgy and from the faith community, which would transform private and personal devotions into a private faith. Therefore, pastoral discernment is necessary to sustain and support popular piety and devotion into purify and correct the religious sins underlying these practices so that the faithful may advance in the knowledge and mystery of Christ. The exercise of these devotions is subject to the care and judgment of the bishop and the general norms of the church. In the final parts of this chapter on other liturgical celebrations of the church, the Catechism addresses the meaning of Christian funerals. In the simplest terms, life can be defined as a state of being, to which the baptized modifies to define life as a state of being in communion with Christ. Through the sacraments, liturgy, prayer, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we are always in communion with God during our pilgrimage with Him. Indeed, the sacraments are for the journey home. And when we have finally reached our destination, we will no longer need them. Therefore, in recognizing that life is a state of communion with Christ, the Christian confesses that life is eternal, that we do not die but live forever in Christ. A life to which we are headed is the true fulfillment and fullness of life itself. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 1680 to 1682 says it this way. All the sacraments, and principally those of Christian initiation, have as their goal the last Passover of the child of God, which through death leads them into the life of the kingdom. Then what he confessed in faith and hope will be fulfilled. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. The Christian meaning of death is revealed in the light of the Paschal mystery of the death and resurrection of Christ, in whom resides our only hope. The Christian who dies in Christ Jesus is away from the body and at home with the Lord. For the Christian, the day of death inaugurates at the end of his sacramental life the fulfillment of his new birth begun at baptism, the definitive conformity to the image of the Son, conferred by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and participation in the feast of the kingdom, which was anticipated in the Eucharist. 
even if final purifications are still necessary for him in order to be clothed with the nuptial garment. The Catholic understanding is that true life is a state of communion with Christ, where our temporary life is always in contact with our eternal life. This precludes our intellect from falling into the snare of believing that time is chronological. Such a notion not only impairs our sense of timelessness of, of eternity, but traps us into a slavery of the senses alone, which is the opposite of the transcendent reality of the liturgy of the Mass, where we are called to worship Him, who we were created for. On the contrary, as Christians, we're always touching eternity in Christ, who is simultaneously our present and our future. So when we allow the awareness of his presence in our life, the chronology of our daily life is balanced with the eternity of the divine life. And in this way, life becomes full and more fulfilling. In our subsequent encounter, I look forward to sharing part one of the Catholic Church's teachings on the dignity of the human person. Thank you for listening.